Hello, Ian Unsergray here for the fourth bonus episode for the Confident Live Marketing Show in the run-up to the fourth year anniversary and the episode 200. Um, I mean, I know I'm kind of cheating because we've probably gone past episode 200 with all these bonus episodes, but yeah, hopefully you can you can trust me on this one. Today, we're going to go back into the archives as usual, and I'm going to be looking at the live video tool founders. So we're going to, I'm going to be chatting with the guys, or we're going to go back to when I was chatting with the guys from Ecamm, uh, with StreamYard, BeLive, and I haven't got the founders of Restream, but I've got one of the, um, one of the people from Restream as well. So we're going to look back into the archives and First of all, let's uh, let's look at uh, looking at Ken and Glenn. Ken and Glenn are great people. They are the founders of Ecamm, and I asked them how did they found, how did they get started, and it was quite a long time ago. So I've talked um, talked to them about that. Let's get on with it right now. Technically, sometime around 1999, so 20 years ago, and um, yeah, this is going off the uh, the registration date of the uh, the, the the website name right the ecamm yeah like just recently i was poking around and i looked at our domain record and i noticed that it was that we bought ecamm.com in june of 1999 wow um so we had a little um anniversary to celebrate in june of 20 years of having the um, that at least the domain i don't know what was on it in 1999 but um i believe i could go back to the wayback machine and take a look and it's really embarrassing (laughs) I was about to say, so the Wayback Engine, if if uh, any viewers don't know what the Wayback Engine is, if you go to... Don't I think it's, do it. Don't do it. Well, yeah, don't, don't look at Ecamm. Don't, don't, don't go to... But go to your website. So, uh, yeah, if you go to archive.org, and I think at the top you'll see the Wayback Engine, and you can see some some really interesting websites back in the day. Yeah, if I remember correctly, we were not selling Mac software at that time. Uh, it's hard to believe this, but we were selling Palm Pilot software. Oh, wow. Uh, That's interesting. Because uh, that was um, very cutting edge. The idea of buying software online was very new. Yeah. And we discovered that it was possible. We jumped right in there with, oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. People will actually buy software online. It took, we had a little disclaimer on there. No, you will not receive a disc in the mail. Yeah, you won't get a bot. No CD will come to your house. This is purely a download. And oh. it was ahead of its time because they had a, yeah. it was a third party. It wasn't the Palm, Palm Company, but there was a website, Palm Gear. Well, it started up Pilot Gear. And then they were sued by the Pilot Pen Company, I guess. So it was Palm Gear. And you could, you had the gallery just like the app store nowadays. And you could um, try a demo. You could buy it right on the store. You could download it. So they were like, they were, that was 1999. So they were, and then the app store didn't come out till 2009. So they were actually 10 years ahead of their time as far as, as yeah. online app purchase. Yeah. And that was our business really, originally. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know that about you guys. So that's really yeah, we, interesting. We struck into the Mac stuff, I think around 2003. Hmm. Uh, we made some small Mac tools. And then as Palm Pilot kind of went the way of the Palm Pilot, um, we migrated fully over to Mac uh, software. Which I think was a good, a good uh, wave to be riding because over the next fifteen years, Macs just became more and more and more popular. We used to do what we called the Starbucks laptop count. We'd go into a 
at Starbucks, wherever we were, we'd, everyone's on their computers. We would take a little tally of, of Mac versus PC count around the coffee shop. And I remember thinking like, oh, three Macs, 10, 10 Windows PCs. Of course, the Mac people would be working. The PC people would just be sitting there waiting for their PC to turn on. Um, and or looking uh, for a plug out or looking and, um, or, or trying to set up their mouse. But over time, it's, it's, a, it's at least in the U S you really don't see a lot of windows laptops anymore. Everybody wants to be on their thin little MacBook. And well, sometimes you see one of those ones that look like a MacBook from 10 feet away, but then you get up close and it's just like a, uh, it, not, it's kind of like an imposter, isn't it? Yeah. Samsung, yeah. They're really good knockout. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, yeah, Ecamm is uh, Mac software, and I actually switched over to Mac in 2016, I think. I was always uh, PCs, and I still have PCs, still like PCs. Uh, and all the software today, um, we'll get, we're, we're going to look at different different software. So that was that's uh, the guys from Ecamm. I know we didn't particularly talk about Ecamm in there, but it was really interesting to see how they started. They started with Pine Pilot, Palm Pilots, went over to Mac, and they've really focused on that. And I think there's a real... There's real power in niching. Like a lot of people might criticize Ken and Glenn for just making the software Mac only. You know, the, if you have a PC, obviously you can't run Ecamm. That's kind of frustrating, but they are so good at what they do. They, they can make software that just utilizes all the powerful features of a Mac. And so that's what they've done. And they are doing amazingly powerful. I, I use Ecamm. I love it. But let's move over to the next person, uh, next founder or co-founder that I interviewed. And this is Gage from StreamYard. Uh, and StreamYard just stormed onto the scene, um, kind of from nowhere. It's just amazing, really. And StreamYard is a, a web-based tool. So whereas Ecamm is uh, a downloadable downloadable software for Mac. StreamYard works on all types of computers, even Linux if you want, and it's really easy to use. They're focused on the ease of use here. Um, it's a web-based tool. And so it was really interesting to find out a little bit more about how Gage and his co-founder started. Um, and so let's go back to, I don't know which episode this was, but it was fairly near the beginning. Like you said in the intro, Dan and I are the co-founders of StreamYard, and we had basically worked on lots and lots of projects together. We probably have known each other for, I think it's almost eight years now. In first year university, it was just school projects, and that sort of turned into other types of projects. One of those was we actually made a music visualizer together, which is actually sitting to the left of me. It was basically just like a light show, like a light show in a box, so it would, to the tune of music, different lights would go off, and you could make your own light shows on this crappy little program we made and upload them to the box. That was the first thing we ever made together <laughs> that uh, was not a success, but it was a lot of fun to, to work on. But we started getting really into software. So despite the fact that neither of us were software engineers, we really enjoyed the, like in both electrical and mechanical engineering, you do a bit of programming. And that part was super appealing to us just because such a low barrier to entry, right? If you want to make an innovative mechanical engineering project, it's going to cost you a lot of money to get the resources and build what, what is required to do that. But with software, if you have an idea and a couple computers and two people that are good at programming, you can make some really amazing stuff. So that sort of led us down the road of, of software. And we became, particularly me, got I got Dan into voice over internet protocol stuff just because I was so interested in the internet, like I had spent... I haven't used Skype in a long time, but before I started building StreamYard, I'd probably logged 
thousands and thousands of hours on Skype just with random people, whether that was like playing like online poker together or video games or whatever. I was just, I was a geek. I was into that stuff. Uh, and I wanted to understand it. I wanted to learn it and I wanted to make applications that connected people. So Dan and I started building VOIP applications and we're wrapping up a previous project that was more focused on meetings. And we're looking out at the landscape that was out there. And we felt that, that there was definitely a place in the live streaming space for an easy tool. We both thought Twitch was really interesting from a, uh, from a business perspective. It was, Twitch has been around for a long time. And before it was Twitch, it was Justin TV. And for people that don't know what Twitch is, it's basically a site for streaming video games that Amazon purchased for, I think, just under a billion dollars a few years ago. But they were the only company that pulled it off. Like there was back then. So there was lots of, there was lots of Twitch-like companies for things that weren't video games. But video games is the only thing that became big. And we wondered why that was. I think a big part of it was that uh, gamers have powerful computers so that they can play these powerful games and that they're able to make more interesting content because they can shift focus to the video game. So we thought it would be great if we could make a tool that sort of served people that didn't have fancy computers and weren't into video games and maybe didn't even know anything about computers and give them the tools to make awesome content without having to learn about what's an encoder and what are my best ingest settings. Like for people that didn't know anything about computers to be able to, oh, I want to make a show about cars and be successful. So that's why we, that's why we made that's StreamYard. Cool, yes, because I remember we're not going back that long, maybe three and a half years ago when I first started getting into Facebook Live. The only way really I could work out how to use it was using the software called OBS Studio. And OBS Studio is still great. And there's a lot of good things about it. But it's not easy to use, let's say that. So you are having to think about all these fancy words like encoder settings and RTMP. And I, w I will I will stop there. But basically, yeah, it's and so there was definitely a gap in the market for all these non-gamers, maybe marketers or small business owners who wanted to use this new technology of Facebook Live, but they wanted it to be easy to use. And the great thing about StreamYard is that it works directly through the browser. So it's not, it, you don't have to download any extra apps and it works on Mac and PC, maybe even Linux, I don't know. But it's great from that point of view. So were you into social media at the time? Because obviously we, you've talked about voice over IP and Skype and the internet, but the other thing that obviously StreamYard utilizes are the social networks of, of YouTube and Periscope or Twitter and YouTube. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting question. No, they were. They, was, this is all very new to me, which people probably find funny <laughs> because I'm obviously all over them now. So now I know lots about, about Twitter and Facebook groups and how all of that, how all of that works. But no, I made my LinkedIn account, I think probably about a year ago, close to the time that we started working on an integration with LinkedIn. Most of my time was on sort of the nerdier types of things. So being on Skype with just random people and things like that. But I love it now. I love social media, especially Facebook groups are one of my favorite things, how you can form these little communities within Facebook. I'm a really big fan of those. But no, it was all new to me. Well, there you go. That was so fun to uh, interview Gage and to, to find out how he started. And Despite not knowing that much about social media, they had this passion for making technology easy for people. And I think they've really done that with StreamYard. Even today, it's StreamYard has so many more features than when, uh, when I was interviewing Gage back then in 2019 or whenever it was. Uh, but it's still a really simple, easy-to-use software. And I always recommend it for, for people just getting started. It's a great uh, a great app, uh, particularly if you are a PC user and you can't use the likes of Ecamm Live. Um, StreamYard is great. Also, I've one thing to say, if you are listening to this, you won't notice any of these things. But uh, 
we're going back into the back, back to the archives right when I started, and there were loads of. I look back now, and I'm kind of slightly uh, squirming here because, like, in some of them, my face is red uh, because I got the coloring, the lighting wrong. I'm using a green screen, and also I messed up there because uh, when it was just me and Gage on the screen, uh, we had the right name. Uh, names un underneath but when it was just Gage on his own uh, it was my friend making Sang who was I think the guest before that and I'd forgotten to change it I'm going to change that in post because I'm a recovering perfectionist but uh, it just shows you you know these things don't matter obviously you want to you want to fix things and you want to get better but uh, yeah we all make mistakes uh, so anyway, that was really fun to to talk to Gage, and uh, let's look at the the next tool. Um, so uh, BeLive, uh, BeLive is another web based tool and one that's been around for a very very long time. And I spoke to the founder of BeLive, Daniel, who uh, was calling in from Israel. So it was great to talk to him and to find out a little bit more how he started. And what's really interesting here, there are a lot of geeks in. You know, Ken and Glenn, they won't mind me calling them geeks. Uh, Gage, another geek, he even said it himself. Uh, Daniel, developer background, uh, tech startup entrepreneur. Um, so, and, and the same with Restream. So it's really interesting to hear that. Let's, let's hear the story from Daniel innovation. It's something that's really exciting me. And I was always looking to find new solutions for old problems or new problems. In my experience, I'm a co-founder of like several startups. One day I was going to a concert and then like in any other concert those days, you will see like a bunch of guys standing, putting their mobile phones and recording that event, right? Like thousands of people holding the phones and recording a specific event. And I was looking at that and thinking to myself, what a waste of time. What a waste of data. What a waste of time that nobody will watch those videos. Nobody will care after they will stop recording about those videos. So can we do something much more smart, maybe collaboration? Maybe let's do it in live or so. Why not? So I was approaching my co-founder and CTO, Zafri, and I was telling him, Zaf, we have to make it. We'll take all those streams and we will create a collaboration. How? We'll have a producer, let's say a producer in the cloud that will get all those streams and basically will produce one show. That means that 100 people, 1,000 people can connect to, the, to one producer and sending all those streams. So that's basically was the idea that we had like um, seven years ago. We were starting to develop it. It was called Ovid, ovid.com. You can go and search for it. It's, it's still there. We were running some events. Long story short, we did uh, something like 150 shows in one and a half year, I guess, also. But you can understand from the number, 150 shows, it's not something that justify company, right? It's not something that justify any um any business, basically. And then after one and a half year, Zuckerberg was standing in the stage and were releasing the Facebook Live API. It was around May 2016, if I remember correctly. And then we took the decision, we have to pivot here. We have a great live platform. We had a great social network that's currently suggesting us to connect. So why not? Um, one month after, we are basically launching BeLive, connecting our great platforms that we had to Facebook. And since then, everything was starting. Did you say a month? Because it, it sounds like yeah. you had this platform. So this was the precursor to BeLive. You had 
some of the technology there already right you had the video element of it and you had the producer element but so what was the bits the technology that you integrated in a month was that the social the facebook integration yes 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 yeah. Yes, we were talking about that, about going live on Facebook. That mm. was like the first phase. And then around October 16, we launched our first feature, presenting the comments on screen. As I remember, we were the first one to release that feature. Of course, since then, everybody is doing that. But it was something really unique to be live. It mm. was something that support our growth at the beginning because yeah. the audience were asking the show host, how are you are doing that? How you're doing that magic, how you're presenting yes. that comment on screen. And the only answer in the room was be life. So yeah. that was something that was really powerful for us to gain to gain a great, great, great growth at the beginning and was supporting us. Really interesting about the comments, because even today, people are still asking, like, how do you get the comments on the screen? It's obviously it's a little bit more kind of ubiquitous. Most tools out there do it. OBS still doesn't really. Uh, there are ways around it, but uh, it's. One of the most powerful things about live video is that audience interaction. And although this uh, this show today is not live, it is I'm still going to be broadcasting it live. So it's pre-recorded, um, but it's going to be live, and and I will be interacting with uh, the audience, you watching live. So I will still be there if that makes sense. Um, but. It's such a powerful part of live video. And it was really interesting, again, to, to hear a little bit of uh, Daniel's kind of geeky geeky endeavors. And, and I know he's working with his uh, developers on that and that they were one of the first, or if not the, the first tool to have that ability. Um, so let's move on to the final tool of the day, which is Restream. Now, I didn't interview the founders of Restream, but I did interview the head of marketing, Victor, who's a really cool guy and really interesting to hear a little bit about the background or how it was set up. I mean, he obviously he didn't set it up himself, but he knows the story. So let's go to Victor and hear a little bit about Restream. So as I've heard <laughs> the stories from the founders, Restream was founded in 2015. And in back then, not many people knew what live streaming is, not talking about the multi-streaming at all. So the only major player at that time was Twitch, and it was primarily gaming. Not many people, as I said, knew what it is. But on the other hand, there was with a lot of video content. So we just knew that at some point, live video will be the next step of evolution of content of how people engage with each other so it was just a matter of time and back in 2015 restreams founders alex and andrew they had another startup the tutors band it was a marketplace for tutors to like basically teach the students languages any, any, anything. And unfortunately, it didn't went well, but the technology around the startup was live streaming, was live webinars. And so Andrew and Alex took this idea, took this idea of live streaming from the previous startup and just put it into Restream with a slight pivot on the live streaming market. Because at that time, they just knew that it will it will be going huge and that mm. multi-streaming 
was never heard before. And people said, it's a stupid idea. So it was a challenge. And this is basically how all started because someone said that the idea will never be a success and it's it will not find the target audience and how wrong they were <laughs> what's why would you say we should be embracing live video we are not taking into account the current situation around the pandemic and take a step back at how businesses were using live video we can tell that it's just a next step of life of the video content of how people were engaging with people and drive the desired actions so let's say you are entrepreneur and you have a you know web design business right so before you could just make a video on youtube but right now at this stage this is not enough you should connect with your audience on a deeper level and to understand what people want and to see. So I would say the answer is to be more true, to be genuine, to be honest. And people always like that. Yeah. And so this is just makes sense. Yeah, I love that from Victor. So true what he said at the end, you know, it's about, it's about being real, connecting and, uh, also fascinating what you said about the multi-streaming thing. So what's really interesting is Restream came in and can just disrupt things with the multi-streaming because like with Restream today, you could, you've could you got like 30 odd different places you can multi-stream to all at the same time. Uh, and I still use... Uh, I, I still use Restream today. I, I know I use Ecamm Live. I use Ecamm and Restream together. I love the way uh, you can, with Restream, you've got the studio, so you can just broadcast from the web, but it also integrates with other tools like Ecamm and OBS as well. Uh, BeLive was was out there with the, the comments, which was great. Uh, StreamYard was very much there to make it simple. So although all these tools are competitors, um, I... I mean, I've always been a believer that there's a tool for everyone. So it's that's what I try and do in all the content that I create is, is to help you make the right decision for you. Obviously, if you're a PC user, Ecom Live is not going to be the best for you. But if you're just starting out, maybe Restream um, or BeLive or StreamYard might be the ones for you. So uh, do check those out. Uh, but we are at the end of the show today. I will be back next week with another dive into the archives. Uh, I'm finding this quite, quite a fun thing to do. Uh, but uh, that is it for this week. And until next time, I encourage you to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of Confident Live Video. See you soon. Bye. Thanks, Thanks for, for watching, watching the Confident, Confident Live Marketing, Marketing Show with, with Ian Anderson Gray. Make sure you subscribe at iag.me forward slash podcast so you can continue to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of live video. And until next time, to the moon.